Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Emotional Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Rochelle. This podcast started as a space to use my voice, to share my journey of healing, and it's turned into so much more. It's a space about all things emotional, because for me, learning to self-regulate and accept what I was feeling was game-changing. Together, we learn the tools to self-regulate. We talk spirituality, holistic healing, and modalities such as human design and astrology to help you radically trust, love, and accept yourself. I have some amazing guests on here that share their story and share their tools. And this is really just a space to support you in healing mind, body, and soul. So I thank you so much for tuning in and putting yourself first. I appreciate every single one of you. Welcome back to another episode. This is the second to last episode of 2022. This one is going to be a compilation of the top um, downloaded episodes of this year. So we have a couple solo episodes, one on emotional authority that you guys loved, one on... um, I have Bijou, the Mushroom Mamacita on here. I have Sarah Cohan about attachment theory. You guys loved, loved Sarah this year. So both of her episodes were the most downloaded. And then I have an episode on um, a clip from um, an episode that was really talking about like witnessing the ego, diving into witnessing the ego. And then Lauren Aletta. And this year, or 2023 rather, is going to start off with Lauren Aletta, similar to what last year did. Um, She is just absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. And just, I don't know, energetically, I love her. She's just such a, she's definitely one of my expanders. She is so down to earth and so within her human while also being deeply within the spirit and the energetics and um, her knowledge is just like so vast. And so I love having conversations with her. So that is what is coming up soon. um, Next week is going to be um, just a little bit of an intention setting episode just for gearing up for the new year and just sort of taking some tangible tools, set some goals, and then have tools to move through them as they come up in the new year as you're working towards your goals. Because we so often like set goals and then because it's not achieved within a week, we kind of just like start to fade out. So it's a matter of, you know, setting realistic, tangible goals and then taking these small steps. I've been doing the manifestation challenge this year with To Be Magnetic and I have done this is probably like the third year that I've... I've gone off and on with the um, uh, to be a magnetic work, but as I was studying attachment theory this year, just the understanding of the brain and the subconscious and how it works really made this work click in a very different way. And so I felt really called to come back to this specific work, to the to TBM work. And so I've been doing that. I've been doing the challenge. And part of it was writing out um, mini manifestations and then big manifestations. So I wrote down my list and on one of the first calls, Lacey was talking, Lacey Phillips um, was talking about what she calls toe dippers. So it's people who kind of go through the work, do a little bit here and there, don't necessarily read through everything. And I was like, that is absolutely me. In the past, I've kind of, every time I've gone through a practice or I've gone through the challenge, I'm like, oh, I've done this before. I've done this before. So I never like fully read. Um, and so I really was like, yeah, I've definitely been a toe dipper. I, I've like written my manifestations down, but then never really check in. And so then it'll be like X amount of like weeks later, or months later, and I'm like, oh, I never manifested anything, but like I never really checked to see if I did or not. It just wasn't really looking, right? It wasn't it wasn't being intentional. I wasn't paying attention to it. So this year I am just like coming through with a new lens. I am like fully committed. I'm reading like every single letter. I'm definitely a skimmer in everything. Like I always just like kind of skim through things, except for books for the most part. But um, so I'm like going through everything. I wrote my manifestations down and it's actually been really cool. I One of my manifestations was just something small, right? Like free coffee. And I've manifested that twice. It's come through twice. Um, I man, There's a couple other things on the list that I've gotten like pings or I've gotten um, like one of them is 50% off running shoes. And I literally got an email today that was like 50% off Nikes. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Um, and I've just been noticing the tests that have been coming up and noticing them as tests. And so I kind of go back and forth because I don't know about how I specifically feel about like the universe testing us, but I understand the concept of it. And maybe I just don't like the term test. But yeah, I've been really just witnessing it with a new lens, a new focus and seeing it for what it is. And it's been really cool. I was actually on the phone with somebody that last night that's going through a bit of a hard time. 
And, you know, sometimes in, in difficult situations, I don't always know what to say because I know like the big picture thing of just like everything's going to work out or everything's for a reason and there's lessons in everything like isn't necessarily what people want to hear in the moment, right? And just so I've just I tend to like just sit and hold space for people and what they're going through. Um, but this person needed like X amount of money for like a specific situation. And I was just like, you know what? We are going to manifest this money. We're just going to speak it out loud. It's You're going to get it. And then we kind of like just went off on just talking about like random things, right? I just kind of wanted to distract the situation and like make her laugh a little bit. And like as we're talking, she was like, I just got a text message that so it's a friend of hers that sent her the exact amount of money that she needed. And I was just like, there we go. Like we manifested it, right? So it is it is this like seeing to believing. And I think it was really hard for me for a long time because I would set these manifestations and they just would not come through. But I think there was a lot to it. So it's just been like kind of a really cool un- unfolding. I was leaving work today and my car broke down and I'm like, what kind of a test is this? Like, what am I manifesting, you know, that that this is happening now? And it was just like, one of those, I I could have gotten really frustrated, but at the same time, like, what can you do in those situations, right? And it's like, you can just do what you can do. So I called the tow company, got a tow, got them to come pick up my car. It was like a, like a six hour ordeal um, from start to finish. But yeah, I was like looking at it from that perspective of like, hmm, I wonder what the lesson is here. Like, I wonder what the test is here instead of just sitting there and being like, oh my gosh, right? Because we can just get like so frustrated. And I always think every time I get on the phone with a customer service of some sort, like you can, it's just, I, I know like people are so unkind sometimes. So I'm always trying to be really graceful and just like, thank you. And even when things don't go my way, I'm just like, okay, well, what can I do, right? Instead of like projecting on somebody and like freaking out on somebody because it's not their fault. And of course we all have bad days, but that's just like kind of always been my perspective. Like you never know what anyone's going through. Um, And you can just tell when people are sort of like on guard, right? Um, On the other end where people just, they're just used to like getting yelled at and stuff. And so I always just try and like come from that lens of just being compassionate and kind in no matter what situation I'm in makes it easier for me. And it also makes it, makes it easier overall because then the other person's not on edge because I'm getting an attitude with them. I mean, of course, there's situations where you're frustrated. Um, and in those situations, I'm always just like, it's not your fault. Like, I'm just really frustrated right now, right? And I think in that way, it it it's, makes room for things to actually flow rather than like resisting and being mad and frustrated. But that was just a tangent. But I just, with the whole manifestation thing, I just was looking at it as like, a, that's really interesting. Like, I wonder what this test is, or I wonder what manifestation is going to come through with this. Um, so yeah, it's been really interesting. But this, these, these episodes, these guests were so awesome. I just, I loved having these conversations. Um, microdosing, I talked to Bijou about microdosing. This was one of your favorite episodes this year. And microdosing really like shifted my relationship with emotions this year. Um, last, uh, two weeks ago, the first part one of the best of 2022, I had a solo episode where I talked about my microdosing journey, um, just a, a like a 10 minute clip of it. And it just like, it, it allowed me to perceive, it began to allow me to perceive my emotions from a more neutral space. And that's something that I've been trying to do for quite a while and just never quite got the hang of it. And then, um, as I started, I mean, I had all the tools, right. But it was just like, my emotions become so chaotic sometimes that it was really hard to come back to those tools, um, as quickly as I now am able to, and just find this neutral space. I also had to release a lot of stuff, um, to be able to come back to this neutral space. And especially in relationships, I feel like, um, something just like popped in my head too. I want to like say, that we are not broken, right? I, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about that, um, just like how we are quote unquote healing, but where there's nothing really to heal, right? Like we, we, of course we have trauma and we have wounding, but underneath it all, like this whole process of of healing, right, is is to come back to yourself and to know that you are like perfectly imperfect as you are. Like anything you do, anything that comes to you or for you, like is for you, right? It's coming from you. And so it's just like reconnecting with that space. And I feel like mushrooms sort of have helped me come back to that space a lot easier. Um, Even when we like look at relationships, because I have done this work and because I'm able to come back to myself from this neutral space and self-regulating all the things, and I don't say this in a way that like, I've got it down perfect. Um, But 
being able to communicate and express and show up in a more authentic way, even if I'm like nervous, is really empowering. And because I think like a lot of times in the past, I've entered into relationships incorrectly. And then I wasn't able to kind of like course correct because I felt really stuck in that. And so it's just kind of cool now, like navigating it in, in a new way, a new lens. So I had that episode um, with Bijou and yeah, she was just so awesome. Connect with her. Everyone's information is down below um, for you to go over and connect with them. And then yeah, next week it's going to be the, or not, yeah, next week is going to be the last episode of 2022. Um, If you are on the Mastery Mondays newsletter, I don't believe I'm going to send one out on Monday. It might be really short, but with all sorts of like the holiday stuff this week, I think I'm just going to take the week off from it because um you know, it does take me some time and my brother's coming in. And so, yeah, so I think I'm going to take the week off of the Mastery Mondays. Again, if you get one, it's going to be just like a brief one. Other than that, um, HD Attached Sessions, which is a 12, it's a personalized 12-week program. And we really use human design and attachment theory to kind of really dig in, identify core wounds, um, and really work to rewire the subconscious and just kind of allow yourself to remember who you are, right? Come back to yourself, unblock, and really just, yeah, rewire that subconscious. And the subconscious is always going to be the subconscious. But if we can begin to kind of like reframe and create new beliefs, um, it'll just make things flow a little bit more with ease. And so that is um, available. You can book a, just a one-off human design session. That's um, also in the show notes. And yeah, uh, if this episode resonates, if this podcast resonates with you, share with a friend. It's really, really helpful. Um, rate, review, subscribe. All of the things, all of the information you need is down below. I'm on Instagram at rochelle.christjan. And that is R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E dot C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-E. And TikTok is the same. Website is rochellechristian.com. And anything else you should need to find about me will be below. Um, so I hope you all have a wonderful uh, wonderful Christmas if you celebrate. Um, find some space to ground in and just come back to yourself and um, yeah, self-regulate all the things. I love you all. You have a partner in life and I know that's coming, but it's not urgent right now. I don't feel it in that, I don't want to say desperate way, but I don't feel the... And of course, there are moments when I'm feeling lonely. Yeah, of course, it happens. But I'm not feeling it in the way that I did before, where it was almost, yeah, almost like this desperation of like, I have to have somebody to be able to call if I'm lonely or, you know, all those things. And yeah, when I was talking earlier about the whole like jealousy, envy, ego thing that was coming up, I did notice too, like, probably because I'm not drinking, whereas before I would have talked to everybody about it. Then I would have had wine. Then I would have like reached out and text the person. And, you know, I don't, not saying that I use sex as a weapon, but like in situations like that where I'm feeling like an, an element of jealousy or whatever, I would offer it up because then that made me feel wanted, but I was never really getting the thing that I wanted, right? Because it was like, in if you're handing that to somebody with no stipulations, like, yes, that person like may know me and I hope that they're going to read my mind, but it's like, if we're going through the same patterns over and over and not reaching any different, um, outcomes, it's like something has to change. And so I've noticed like, yeah, as those things come up, I'm not doing the same things that I used to do before. Like I'm not, um, using that to like get attention or whatever it is. And it's really empowering because, um, yeah. And I was reading something, I don't know what, I don't know where, or listening to something or watching something, you know, but this idea of like, um, it might've been the Pleiadians book. I don't, I don't remember, but you know, I, I talk about in this episode a little bit about how I'm going the last like two years, I've been d- down this like deeply spiritual journey. And then simultaneously on the other side as like bartender, it's getting like the dualities and the polarities. Right. And so it's like, I go in and I witness all this drama and we can, we're human, right? We're always going to be part of it. I air quote that. I'm not sure if that's the right terminology, but we're always going to be like part of it. We're always going to be witness to it, but we don't have to become it. We don't have to like step in and like jump into the drama. And I think just this whole idea, this whole, um, yeah, just being able to, to be a witness to it all is just really beautiful. And it is because I am grounding in in meditation, in you know, yoga nidras, in journaling. I'm working through, you know, journaling, journaling practices with attachment theory tools, um, you know, rewiring, uh, 
neural pathways, through meditation, and then journaling on it and working through specific triggers as they come up. So there's so many tools that I'm like pulling out. Meditation feels really important right now. I've said that all of our social media, if you've watched my posts um, in the last week, just like meditate. And if you're on the Mastery Mondays email, um, I would talk about meditation as well. And it just seems, it feels really important right now to, to meditate, to ground into yourself. So whether that's three to five minutes, that's really all you need, three to five minutes every day if you can, um, just to really come back to yourself, to ground into yourself, to come into your knowing. Um, yeah, it just feels really important as we're like kind of navigating this eclipse portal. And of course, there's light and there's shadow sides of everything, you know, depending, I think what needs to be seen is going to come up, right? Whatever needs to be processed through right now is going to come up, but it doesn't always have to be like all heavy and bad, quote unquote bad. Um, you know, a lot of people are feeling the lighter sides of it too. Like I said, I've, I've been feeling this polarity. I've been feeling this like sadness and grief and heaviness, but I've also been feeling this like deep excitement and like belief and faith in myself and beyond. And so it's just like a really beautiful thing. Um, just quick to touch on the transits for this month. Um, we are again in this eclipse portal right now. So November 8th is going to be the full moon. Um, yeah, the full moon in Taurus. So back in May, we had the full moon in Scorpio. So we're having the opposite. So if you have a Taurus sun like me or any major Taurus um, aspects or, or planets in Taurus, um, you're probably going to feel it. So notice where Taurus, what house Taurus rules, what planets are in it. Um, because yeah, it is the full moon in Taurus and it is the lunar eclipse. This is the final kind of um, bookend of the, the eclipse season. So just like the, these kind of themes are going to come up. I have this book that I love. Um, it's Magic of Eye and it's just, it's a calendar planner, but it's got all sorts of things. So their theme, their little um, reflection for the full moon is death is an illusion. I'm willing to see beyond in order to welcome new growth. And at the end of this um, episode, I kind of read something from the Bhagavad Gita and it was talking about death and, you know, how we're just like shedding the skin, but what what is within is not dying, right? It is just taking on a new coat. It's taking on a new skin. And so, um, you know, this eclipse was kind of like a portal. It's a, it's a door to something new. And if we can really lean into that, um, you know, like we can grieve what we're leaving behind and leave it behind and step into what's new um, for us. So we have um, on the 6th, this comes out on the 4th, but Venus, uh, square Saturn, Venus is all about, you know, beauty, love, um, material things, money, all that. And Saturn, of course, is restriction. Um, it is karma. Uh, so it's just going to add just a little bit of that, that, that a challenge to that specific energy. Um, we are in Scorpio season, but on the 15th, Venus goes into Sagittarius. Uh, the 17th, Mercury goes into Sagittarius. And then the 22nd, the sun goes into Sagittarius. Sagittarius is like the gypsy, the traveler. Um, Jupiter rules Sagittarius. So that's luck, abundance. It's fun. Um, it's light. And then Jupiter sta stations direct the day after the sun goes into Sagittarius. Jupiter is in Pisces, but Jupiter rules Sag. So it's just going to be this uh, shift of energy, right? It's like we're going through the depths of Scorpio to come out um, with this very different energy that is going to be Sagittarius. Um, and yeah, so just, you know, again, lean into what's coming in. Some people like thrive in the depths of Scorpio and some people find it very challenging. So whatever it is that you're experiencing, whatever it is that you're feeling, just lean into it. And this intro has become quite long. So I am going to leave it at that. Um, I'm really excited for next week's episode to come out. Um, but yeah, so I uh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Rochelle.Christian and Christian is Christian with an E. TikTok is the same and website is RochelleChristian.com. If you're interested in the new program, it's going to be like human design meets attachment theory. Um, it's very personalized. So we go through it and then we'll set like a little personal package for you depending on how long it's probably about like nine to 12 weeks. Um, but reach out to me, DM me, get me on Instagram, TikTok, wherever you like and get on the email list. So Mastery Mondays, send on a newsletter every Monday. And my, my goal is just to kind of inspire you, give you a little human design update for the week, a little astrology update for the week. And just kind of like whatever is coming through that I want, would like to share, um, just an inspiration and of course, an update on the podcast. So I thank you so much for listening. And until next week. 
I am briefly interrupting this episode to talk to you about Dame. So if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know I am all about self-love, self-trust, getting to know yourself. And a huge part of that is not just getting to know your mind, but it's also getting to know your body, right? Dame products have really been, not only do they feel amazing, but just a company that I'm so behind. Dame is literally disrupting the sex industry and it is created by females for females, created by vulvas for vulvas, right? And so it's all about pleasure, right? Understanding our bodies and how it works and their products are just incredible. They have been so kind to give all of you a 10% discount, the code EMOTIONAL10, E-M-O-T-I-O-N-A-L-10. And the link is also below in the show notes. You can click that link, get yourself 10% off on the air. The Arc has been my best friend for years. Um, It is good for all sorts of stimulation. You can use it with a partner. Um, Just really great for a little date night out with yourself. But don't miss out on this. Get the Emotional 10 discount today. I am so excited to have partnered with Seed Probiotics. We know this podcast is all about emotions and the state of our gut greatly influences the state of our emotions, our ability to self-regulate. And so it is so important to take care of our gut. It's like having a little mini universe inside of our body, right? When we have good bacteria, it's running efficiently. And when we have bad bacteria, things can get a little misaligned. So seed is incredible. I started taking them around November and within 48 hours, I noticed the difference. Seed has a double capsule. It's a pre and probiotic. So the prebiotic digests in your stomach and the probiotic actually goes to where it's supposed to go to be the most effective, which is your colon. The science behind this is incredible. You can geek out all about it. I honestly love, love, love this product. Like I said, I've been taking it for months. I noticed such a huge difference and I am so excited to be able to bring this to you. If you use the code EMOTIONAL, E-M-O-T-I-O-N-A-L, at checkout, you will get 15% off your first month of the daily symbiotic. That is code EMOTIONAL at checkout. Welcome back to another week, another episode I'm honestly exhausted tonight and I had no, no intention, no plans of coming and recording an episode, but the calling came and so here I am. So when I do solos, I rarely have a plan. I rarely know what I'm going to talk about. You didn't feel prepared. So a microdose is great because it feels, depending on the person, feels like maybe I chugged a cup of coffee or um, I maybe took a hit of weed and it calmed me down it, it the, or had a glass of wine. It, it really depends on the person, especially with what they're dealing with in their life and how much trauma they need to process. But um, it's not, if you dose yourself, right. It's not more than that. Like uh, you should always be able to talk to someone or really even drive. Like, it should be such a small amount that you just barely took, like you took your supplements and you might feel a little rush or something like that. Mm. Very, very common feelings that you would have from other stimulants or depressants out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's I, I, that, that was a personal question <laughs> because I know yeah. like for myself and I know like myself, I, it's like the, it's almost that like unknown of like what's going to happen, which is an element of control, which is from trauma, which is what I'm trying to heal. Right. But it's kind of like that. Maybe it's the resistance to it. Um, but just like that, not knowing and out of control feeling. It's very, very typical. And that's why I tell people like a Saturday morning or something when you don't have a lot going on, Um, really taking the smallest dose that you possibly can to just go, what was that? Did I even feel that? Okay. Did I not feel that at all? Maybe I could take two of those because if you get the right doses, you can kind of like stack and understand. But really once people are into it a week or two, they're like, okay, give me more. I'm fine. But at first they're like very apprehensive, which is totally understandable. You should respect the medicine and you should, be uh, observant of how you're feeling, but, um, it's, it's definite. Like if you get to the point where things are moving on the wall, that is not a microdose. Um, you took a little bit, too much. <laughs> but it yeah. feels, uh, kind of like a body high, like your, your body can kind of feel really good or 
at times you'll feel like your mood is elevated, but what's, what's kind of beautiful about them is that they give you what you need. So there are times, especially moms that I help the first one, they feel almost irritable. Like things are too much for a second, but not like overwhelming. They're just like, ah, leave me alone. And, and I tell them that's a sign you don't typically have boundaries, which is totally understandable because it's very hard to have boundaries as a mom. I mean, you are everything to everyone in your household. You are the keeper of things and the holder of things and the, the runner of things. And so, um, it's one of the most beautiful gifts that you can give yourself to maybe try microdosing and give yourself at least 30 minutes where mommy is off limits. And just that alone can do wonders for people. Um, it sounds simple, but also very hard to accomplish sometimes. But if you're like, give me that time, you turn into a better mom, typically, like a lot of moms have come back to me and said, I'm much more present. I can handle a lot more stress. I'm like sweeter sometimes now. And it's all very interesting to me because um, I don't have kids. So I don't really know everything that they're dealing with. But that's why I love hearing everyone's experience. I, I always ask that people let me know what they have going on so I can really get case studies from all different types of people at different doses. Mm. Um, but it's it's not anything that would be overwhelming. Um, a lot of people liken it to like rose colored glasses or a little bit of like a mood boost supplement that you might take where you all of a sudden feel like a little bit happier. So yeah, it's, it shouldn't be anything that's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, we're talking about like being a mom and that's part of my, th I mean, I'm a single mom, two kids, so I don't have help in my house. Like I barely have help like where I'm at either. So that was also like, part of my thought was like, is this something that's going to make me un be unable to care for my children? Like in the moment, right. Do I need to make sure that they're taken care of or I have a sitter or, you know, things like that. I mean, for, uh, for a little meet the mushroom dose, like if, for instance, if someone has a lot of past trauma that they um, don't want to chip away at because it kind of bubbles up and it's a little bit uncomfortable, they might need a little bit of a meet the mushroom dose, which is like a half a gram or a gram. Um, that they should probably give themselves alone time for, like maybe that's a sitter or a grandparent or that while they're at school, if you can, um, that can be really beneficial for people because it's something that they can handle by themselves, but it can get a lot of good out of it. Mm -hmm. um, but a microdose, you should be able to take one and get on CNN. Like it, yeah. it shouldn't <laughs> be like anything at all. Yeah, yeah. Are there any situations that you would recommend not microdosing for? So they say, um, so if you have any signs of like schizophrenia or if you're on lithium or, um, I mean, I know I have some healthcare workers that, um, uh, they're like nurses and, and EMTs and stuff. Um, some of them are comfortable, doing a small amount some of them only do it on their days off. If I was doing surgery, maybe I wouldn't do that. Um, they, they say that people that are colorblind shouldn't because it does sometimes affect that part of your eye. So if you're used to seeing things a certain way, it might switch a little bit. They haven't done enough um, studies on it to really understand exactly what that means. But um other than that, I mean, there aren't really any like huge, uh, don't do this if that, um, a lot of people do use it to get off SSRIs, which you can actually take it while you're weaning off of your SSRI. Um, but yeah, there, there isn't anything that is like a huge red flag in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to a little bit of like the science or like how it actually works, like within your brain to, to like have an effect? Yeah. So there's this beautiful analogy, um, about, um, like a skier going down the slopes the same way all the time. And they would make those ruts. Um, that's, that's the, our normal brain our, it works that way because we want to not utilize all of our energy and fat stores to 
rethink everything a new way all the time. It helps us to be more effective and efficient if we're just like seeing the patterns and going about things the right way and learning our lessons to not eat that berry and not go by that tiger. So that can become very like shut in uh, after a while, especially because we don't have a lot of things trying to kill us now. And we could essentially gain a lot of innovation and clarity out of seeing things in a new light. So that's one of the biggest things. It kind of, uh, it, they consider it like a snowfall where those ruts are, are kind of covered over and you can go down this hill in a different way. So those neural pathways are, are kind of opened up. Neuroplasticity is a, a huge thing. So it's the way that your brain learns. Um, it's, it's the way that it kind of um, deals with new trauma or new stresses. So a big thing is your inner child is still kind of having the, the wheel sometimes. And even though you're not experiencing the traumas from the past, your, your nervous system might still be acting like it is, or it has learned from those. So that's another thing that you could essentially reparent yourself with these ideas and really change the way that you are seeing the world. Um, the, the part of your brain is part of rumination. You're constantly thinking these like negative thoughts or limiting beliefs that turns off. So that's a thing that I like to tell people. Um, they might say, oh, I just tried an edible, a weed edible recently. And I just like had a panic attack. And I'm like, well, that's a different, like, they're not the same. They're not working on the brain in the same way. And, uh, yes, weed is very strong now. And, uh, don't, don't think that you will have the same experience on mushrooms. Um, mushrooms are actually the opposite of that, where it kind of like shuts off that part of your brain um, to give you a break for a second. So um, another thing is, is that you step away from yourself for a little bit to where you can see patterns a little bit easier and you'll have more empathy for yourself and for other people and you'll feel much more connected. So those are the big things that really, um, they all kind of happen at once over time. So that's like, if you could imagine a huge shift, like the way that I see myself and others changes, I get a little bit sweeter. I get a little bit more empathetic. I get a little bit more forgiving. Um, I, I start seeing things in a new way. So you'll see problems in a new way. So that's why Silicon Valley guys were really interested in it because once you see patterns in a certain way, it's really hard to solve a problem in an innovative way. Manifestors. Manifestors are basically here to, to manifest, right? Like they're here to take action. They're here to initiate. Um, and their, their strategy is to inform. So it's important for them to inform those around them. And then you have reflectors. Reflectors are completely open. So which just means they are a complete sponge to all of the energy around them, right? They're literally here to taste the world. They're here to reflect their environment back. So they're so important. They're about 1% of the population. And so um, you have type or yeah, type. That's the type. The strategy, again, generators is to respond, to wait to respond. Manifestors is to inform and then initiate. Projectors is to wait for an invitation. Um, and then reflectors are to wait for lunar cycle, which just gives them an opportunity to go through the all of the types all the strategies, all the authorities throughout that lunar cycle so that they can actually taste what works for them and what doesn't, what their truth is, right? So, and then you have your authority, which is basically the way that you make decisions, which is the way that your body lets you know if something is for you or not. And what the thing I love about human design and why I've been so human design obsessed is because the biggest key lesson, at least for me personally, that I've gotten out of human design is understanding energetics, right? Understanding that, yes, the mind is a beautiful thing, right? And it's here to take in information. It's here to process things in a sense. It's here to like store all of that. And that's, it's intellectual and it's beautiful in that way, but it's not here to make decisions. It is not here to make decisions. So it can take, you can take the information you get in your mind and use it as information for your body to properly respond. But your mind is your ego and your mind is always going to question something. So you can make a decision in your mind. Like if you if you if you're trying to choose a job, right? Say you have two options, you don't know what you're going to do. 
human design tells us to maybe take the information, you know, right from from our minds, like the pay, the this, the that, and the other thing, the, the the hours, the benefits, all those things, whatever. But what's really ultimately going to make the decision is your body. You can pick mentally, okay, on a mental level, I have one job that's paying me $20,000 a year more than the other one, has excellent benefits. The other one has no benefits. The other one is $20,000 less. The other one is 20 more miles away. But my body may light up by that job as opposed to the job with the higher pay and the higher benefits. And should I take the job with the higher pay and the higher benefits, I'm not going to be in it, right? Like my body's not going to be lit up by it. Things may, because I'm not trusting myself in making that decision, things may just, I may find a lot more resistance to it, right? And so when you're looking at human design, the reason why we always talk about type strategy and authority is because when you can trust those and you can follow those and you can experiment with those, like once you can get those down, everything else will naturally fall into place. So it doesn't matter what gate 24 means, right? Like it it does, but it doesn't because if you're following your type strategy and authority, gate 24 is going to do what gate 24 is supposed to do, right? You have gate 22 in the emotional solar plexus. If you are following your strategy and authority properly, doesn't matter, right? Like gate 22 will do what gate 22 is supposed to do. If you're following your strategy of authority, which puts you in alignment with yourself, which means you're trusting yourself, which means you're making decisions for your body, right? So all the things. So again, that is a very, very sort of brief <laughs> overview of human design and what it is. But there are seven different authority types. And today we're going to focus on emotional authority because this has been the lesson of my life, because it's the, this is the Emotional Mastery Podcast. Because I think emotions are so, so important to understand and regulate to effectively go through life because whether you are emotional or not emotional, right? And so when you look at human design, if you have any of the centers within your body graph, there are nine centers, right? Um, your head's going to have the triangle, the inverted triangle, and then you have all the ones below below the body. So your emotional authority, if you're looking at the piece of paper, your emotional solar plexus is going to be the far, the triangle that's pointing outwards on the far right. Um, this is your emotional solar plexus. So the gates of the solar plexus are going to be 37, 6, 49, 22, 55, 36, and 30. So basically what this means, if you have an emotional authority, it means that that center is going to be in color. So anything in your, any center in your human design chart that is in color means that you, it is defined what we say. You are creating that energy. If it is white, it means it's undefined or open. The difference between undefined and open is that if it is undefined, you will have a, a gate active within that center. So let's say your emotional solar plexus is white, but then gate 22 is has a little black circle around it. That means gate 22 is activated, right? And it's got a half a line. Um, and then if it's open, it means there are no activations within that center, which essentially means it's this little energy center in your in your chart that is off floating on its own with nothing connecting it to anything else. Um, and so as it relates to your emotional solar plexus, if you have a completely open solar plexus center, you may be very detached from your emotions, right? But when you do feel them, you feel them intensely because you almost have no grounding within that center, right? You have no frame of reference to what that is. And you may not even understand that that's not your energy, right? Because you don't create that energy within you naturally. And so when you have somebody like me who is highly activated in their emotional solar plexus partnered with somebody who is completely open. Okay. I was interrupted. The doorbell rang. Um, this is a kind of a story about emotional authority. So I, um, a couple, a few weeks ago now I had COVID. And so obviously I had to take, just had to take some time off of work. And the day I was going back to one of my jobs, I just had this feeling like literally this body feeling and because I didn't want to go back. I wanted to take a couple extra days, but I was asked to come back. So I went back anyway. So since then, I've just had this feeling. Um, and I always, you know, in my journey, I'm just kind of if something doesn't feel good, I try and shift and pivot. So something has just felt off. And so anyway, without getting into the story, I go into work today and just felt like it was time to leave. And so I left. Um, and so my dad just stopped by with some flowers, um, which, of course, like makes me you know, all emotional because it's super sweet. But um, yeah, so anyway, so um, emotional authority. So basically, when you have emotional authority, and you have your emotional solar plexus defined, you are essentially constantly riding a wave of emotions. There are um, four different wave types. Um, you know, you go up and down in a wave. So your emotions always go up and down. I always find it really helpful just to remind myself that 
whatever I'm feeling, this too shall pass, right? Like this has been my mantra since I like really started this journey and regulating my emotions and just remembering that like whatever I'm feeling, however intensely and deeply I'm feeling it, like this will pass, like it will change, it will shift. And there are obviously tools that you can, that, that help get through that. Um, but essentially like you're riding this wave of emotions. And so before making any decision, it's important to ride your wave, right? Because you're getting different information in your highs and you're getting different information in your lows. And then when you come back to this neutral space again, then you kind of take that information and see what feels best for you, right? Leave the mind out of it, but how do you physically feel? Really important to tap into what feels like a yes and what feels like a no. Like for me, when I get a yes, it's this expansive, expanded light feeling in my chest. And when it's it's a no, I get this like tight, heavy feeling. I personally in my chart, so if you look at cognition, which is a little bit more of an advanced aspect of human design, um, but if you do have a chart that talks about your cognition, I believe Zoe, um, Jenna Zoe's chart has cognition. Um, I don't know if Jovian Archive, if theirs talks about cognition, but it's kind of like your superpower. It's kind of like the thing that if you're having a hard time maybe tapping into your uh, authority and making a decision, you can kind of like tap into that and it'll give you a little bit of hints, right? So my um, my cognition on top of being emotionally defined is feeling. So I literally tap into the energy around me. Like I literally feel into it, which makes me like, because when you are, when you have an undefined solar plexus or an open solar plexus, you can be a people pleaser, right? Because you are sensing these emotions off people and you don't like to rock the boat, right? Like you want, you don't like confrontation. You may tend to lie to avoid confrontation. And there's a lot of aspects of the undefined and open solar plexus that I really resonated with when I was first started learning human design. But of course, like being emotional really, really resonated with me. And so I was kind of confused a little bit. But when I first learned human design, my birth time was actually off by less than an hour. And so it actually gave me outer vision as my cognition. So I was like, yeah, cool. That makes sense. You know, like, or sorry, inner vision. And so I was like, yeah, cool. That makes sense. Like I have like a very vibrant world in my mind, you know, like my, I'm very creative and all those things. And so um, when I finally changed my time to the correct time on my birth certificate, um, it said I was feeling cognition and I was just like, yep, like that 100% makes sense. That is exactly it. That's why I have felt the energy. Like literally I have felt people's emotions when, you know, like if you are creating any center that you have defined, any center that's colored in, like you are creating that energy. So you're not so much susceptible to the energy coming in, right? Like you're putting it out. So other people will feel your energy more than you will feel theirs, right? So theoretically, if you have an emotional authority, you're putting out all the emotions and you're not necessarily going to pick that up from others. Others will pick it up from you, right? And so like, it's funny, like in hindsight, when I look at my relationships and like, I've kind of pulled their charts just to see, I don't have their exact birth time, but all of them have been undefined emotionally. And so especially in these toxic relationships, it's been this 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 push and pull of like, I'm putting out these emotions that they're picking up on. They're reacting to it and enhancing and am- amplifying the emotions that I'm putting out, which is then coming back to me. And because I'm feeling cognition, I'm then taking those in. Which Yeah, I mean, I think that we, uh, for the most part, it's pretty rare. I can't remember what book I was reading. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, my God. What is his name? The um, the past life regression guy. And uh, yeah, anyway, um, like all of us are here to be in relationships. It's pretty rare mm-hmm. for someone that, you know, to come walk this earth that is not meant to experience being part of a relationship, maybe mm-hmm. not for their entire life. Um, but for part of it. And so I think deep down that dismissive avoidance crave love and attention, but when they receive that anxious um, love and attention. It reminds them of childhood and they're just triggered and swallowed. And then they don't know how to state their needs and their boundaries and handle the emotions that are coming through yeah. them because of the relationship. So it makes them feel unsafe. Exactly. Totally, totally, totally. Mm. Just as for an anxious on the other side, someone to be pulling away from them to, you know, maybe you go on one date and you're like, I, this person is so interesting. And then you don't hear from them for 10 days. <laughs> that can be really, really, really triggering. And then all of a sudden they're like, but you were my whole world for one night. And Mm. you know, I, I need you to, to love me and pay attention to me and show me that you're doing that by texting me all the time. Anxious, anxious preoccupied tend to text a lot. Um, 
I'm thinking of my husband when I say that. Love you, baby. <laughs> they text a lot yeah. and they and they want to have that conversation throughout the day. Yeah. Well, it's funny, like even for you know the situation I was talking about, like I would like want to get text messages from this person all the time, like all day. Mm-hmm. But then like they would text me and I'd be like, what do I say now? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I would like overthink my response and then I wouldn't respond for like three hours. Like, you know totally. what I mean? So it's like that, it is like that. I don't know, just like that in itself has been so helpful in understanding the flip-flopping and, and like giving myself like compassion there. I love Um, that. So fearful avoidant. My whole thing in my life is like, (laughs) I want attention. I was a dancer growing up and I did comedy for so long. And and now, you know, I'm, I'm a podcaster. Like I'm, I'm putting myself out there. So I love attention. I love when I get attention, but then when I'm getting attention. I'm like, Oh no, please don't give me that. (laughs) Like, Oh, this is too much. I don't know if I actually wanted that, Yeah, which is that fearful avoidant relationship. So we can have fearful avoidant relationships or we can have insecure attachment types to all things in our life. So money feelings, um, our career, our job. Oh my God. Like so many times, sorry, all of my previous bosses, like so many times I've put, um, my boss into the parental figure in my life, which is so triggering and so traumatizing for me just over and over and over again, again, sorry, you didn't do anything. You're great. (laughs) Most of you, (laughs) but there's so many different areas of our lives where, um, exercise or like movement or even our physical space, like dismissive avoidance, don't share very well. And they don't like it when people touch their stuff. Oh my God. I lose my shit when that happens to me. So even when it's my husband, if he, if he uses my razor, I like, I see red, like, (laughs) I'm like, do not, I've had this conversation with you before. Do not touch my stuff. But that is a trauma response in itself, right. Of Mm -hmm. not being able to share, share my things. So we can take, we take on, this kind of relationship of relating to other people. And we put that onto other areas of our lives. Mm -hmm. You had a podcast episode. I think it was, was it last week with, was it Jasmine Kenna? Yeah. Yes. So I was listening like, for anybody who listening, who is listening, go subscribe to the oh podcast. Cause it is like, literally I, I listened to yours this morning. Like, it's just, I, I love, I look forward to your episodes every single week. Oh my but, like, God. I was listening, yeah, of course. And, but I was listening to that one and I immediately booked a session with her. We had the session on oh. like, Monday. Cause I was like, I really want to rewire that re- knowing that I'm safe. Right. Yeah. And like all these experiences, experiences and like further just being like, you know, I am safe to receive and feeling pleasure in receiving. You know, oh, so it's not God, just so like, good. yeah. Cause I think like you said, like we, sometimes we want the attention, of course, like same here podcast. Like I talk all day on my, mm-hmm. my podcast and like, you know, health coaching and all these things is like, it, it's like, we want the attention, but then when it comes then it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know what to do with it. You know? And I think that's 100%. a lot of like, yeah, it's, it's, it is a huge shadow. It's, it's, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's definitely can feel confusing, especially in the beginning, I think, but like, yeah, mm-hmm. just again, like knowing it, can you speak to like the trust issue? Cause I know like trust is oh, yeah. avoided. So it's like, can you speak to that? And then also like just finding tools. And I know, like, I personally believe trust comes from yourself first. Yeah. So like learning that, yes. um, but yeah, can you speak to that a little bit? Oh my God. I love that. I I'm, can't believe this hasn't come up already. So trust mm-hmm. is the biggest core wound for the fearful avoidant. Um, you couldn't trust your caregivers. It's one of the biggest, I'm sorry. There's so many, there could be more, everyone's different, but I, what I have found for me and several of the fearful avoidance that I know is that the, the biggest core wound is trust. And what that means is that you couldn't trust your caregiver growing up. And so why the fuck would you trust your boss, God, universe, um, your partner, anyone, like it does not come naturally to us. And so building trust, starting with yourself is the key to actually being able to start to trust people. And so for me with that, how I started to build trust is taking a bath every single night. So when you're building trust, basically what you want to start to do is have your commitments that you've made in your mind, match your actions. And it's really simple. So you want to start so, 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 so small and simple because if you're breaking that trust constantly with your commitments and then your actual actions, then all of a sudden you're like, well, I can't trust myself. So like, what, how are we ever going to trust anyone else? Right. So what I started doing was I just said, I'm going to take a bath every single night. And in that bath, I'm going to unwind, relax, meditate, maybe like throw at the time I was doing um, the pathway with Lacey Phillips. So maybe throw on a DI or something like that. And just by doing that activity for 30 days, 
I was able to start to build little moments where I was like, okay, cool. I trust myself to take care of myself every single night, to be able to wind down, to be able to journal really like, uh, you know, process the day. And then I could start to build like bigger trust muscle with myself. So, okay. Um, I'm going to meditate every single day for 10 minutes. I'm going to, um, carve out some social time on my calendar. Cause that's super important to me. So it's like finding out what my needs are and then making sure every single week that I'm actually getting them done. Like I'm meeting my own needs. And once you start to do that, you can start to like, okay, now I'm going to allow, you know, some other people in on this because I know how to meet my own commitments and I know how to start to get my needs met. So I can start to bring in interdependent relationships where I'm around someone else and I can trust them by asking for what I need to be, to, to make that commitment possible. So it's really slow so slow. And it's so it's tiny, 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 tiny movements that add up. So I think if you can just commit for 21 days to like making one small commitment to yourself and it does not have to be big, it does not have to be, I'm going to go start working out or I'm going to go run a mile every day. Like it can be every time I walk into my house, I'm going to say, um, thank you to the house or thank you to myself or, um, say like a prayer, if that's what you're into, like it can be so incredibly tiny. I've fallen off the meditation bandwagon. I just want everyone to know that. And so I'm <laughs> trying to figure out like, okay, where's that moment every single day? Clearly it's not in the morning. Cause I need so much sleep right now. My commitment to myself is giving myself as much sleep as possible. So where in the day, is it after lunch? Is it right when I get home? Is it right before bed? Like, where's that moment? where I can show myself that I'm still in love with myself and that like I come first and that I can meet my own needs still journaling. And I think that that's like that moment for me every single night. I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is my moment for myself, you know? Yeah. And that itself is a meditation, right? I think like we have this idea of like traditional meditation where we're sitting in silence for 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever, but I think it can look very different. It's just like bringing yourself into that moment, like fully. And I try and like, I try and like live in that space, but of course, like I have a defined, well, I define Ajna and human design. So like my mind is just like constantly going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So for me, like, it's so important in my personal, and I have, I have been like pretty bad about meditation lately. Um, and so like today I'm gonna, I oddly, like my daughter's about to go out with a friend. My son's not here. So I'm like, I don't know what's happening today, but I have time for myself. So I'm like, I'm just going to like meditate and kind of like tap in. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's so important to just like still the mind and be with yourself, you know? Cause I think like that, that trust of yourself, because like when I look back, like I abandoned myself so much to receive love. Like I thought Mm -hmm. like if I was me, I wouldn't be worthy of love. And I had to do what, you know, my mom said for her to love me, you know? And so it's just like kind of always coming back to that and just being like, no, I am safe to like trust myself and trust my intuition and trust my pings and like trust Mm -hmm. all those things outside of what anybody else has to say. But for me, it takes getting real silent, getting sitting, whether it's meditation or journaling, you know, because in the moment I'm like, I still have those people pleasing tendencies, right? Like I don't Mm -hmm. like to tell people no, like I feel, I do feel responsible for their reaction and their emotions. And Mm -hmm. I want everybody to be happy. And I'm like, just, Mm -hmm. I'll be the one to make you happy, but it doesn't make me happy. You know what I mean? Like it Mm -hmm. it genuinely does in the moment. I genuinely love, like, I don't know. I love when other people are happy. It just mm-hmm. like probably because you feel safe. You, know? you feel safe. I was just yeah. gonna say that because everybody's safe. everybody's happy, and it's just like right. oh, I can actually like like let the air out and kind of relax because mm-hmm. everybody's happy. Um, but yeah, it's just it's been really helpful for me to just come back and just be like, no, it's okay. Like I don't yeah. have to want to do everything that everybody else does. I can make my own decisions. I can pave my own way, um, and it is safe for me to do so. Hell so. yeah! And like, what a great gift for your kids to see that as a parent role model. Mm. How, um, I'm curious for you, how back to again, a level of radical honesty, be honest with yourself with where you're at. And so if you know, you really want this thing over there, but you don't feel yet close to it, that's okay. Don't put the pressure or expectation to think that you're just going to get that. Just work with wherever you're at, even if it is in this, like, pre-action phase like let's let's instead of putting the pressure to go I've got to action all of this if realistically the intuitive guidance inside if you're honoring that says you're not quite at that action phase yet 
awesome. High five yourself. Now you know where you're at. You're at that pre-action. So then how can you support yourself there to get to that action phase? Like, um, yeah, well, like that'll just make my mind go into all sorts of other <laughs> It's all just linked up to our ego and, mm-hmm. and what our idea of success is and, and um, in a sense to validate our worthiness and our value because that is conditioned to be external to who we are. We haven't had, again, those supports um, necessarily as children or as young adults or at any time that we are connected to our more sacred essence or a divine essence because when we are there we know that we are worthy um even possibly at your or and I know definitely mine on occasion darkest hour where I'm in like I am just thinking I'm the worst in the world <laughs> My whole life has fallen apart, you know, those periods. And then something in that moment can, doesn't happen every time, but it will be like, you're not, you're whole, you're perfect. And you're like, ah, look. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, I always say like, you know, with the awareness, like it's not, it, it's, it's like harder almost to like process through things sometimes like we, well, we make it hard, right. It doesn't have to be that hard, but we make it hard. And like, I think sometimes, you know, like, like they say, like ignorance is bliss and some people are just, you know, very disconnected and, but they're happy, right? Like I can look from an outside perspective and be like, Oh, I feel like all of this like heavy energy underneath there, but whether they'll ever even see that, you know, that's not for me to say, and that's not for me to fix, but it's like, there is always something in me that's just like, Oh my gosh, like, don't you want to process your trauma? And they're just like, (laughs) okay. And it's so hard. Sometimes I'm like, I just, you know, I think, you know, even like relationships, you know, we see something in someone else. We want to help them through it. We want to help them process it because we see the potential of like who they can be, but it's not for us. I mean, like they're all on their own journey. And that's, that's been a hard lesson for me. Cause I think like in past relationships, I've gotten involved with people who were very unhealthy and very toxic. And because I wanted to be the thing that was going to make them open their eyes and like fix themselves, you know, and it's just like, it doesn't work that way. And I think that's definitely a lesson I'm learning now. It's just like, just let them be like, if they, you know, and, and especially in parenting, I think like we lead by example, right? Like you can tell your kid all, to, all day to do something, but if you're doing the opposite thing, it's That's not right. going to make a difference. Right. Yeah. And so it's just like being in your space, being in your energy and you will call in the right people. And if there's somebody in your life that wants to heal or, you know, is like toying with the idea that energy will kind of bring it out, but That's it. they'll come to you. Yeah. Yeah. I know sometimes I'm like, just, just ask, like, you know, you know, that like, not that I'm the, you know, the healing all comes from within, but it's like, I feel like, you know, wanting to just give the tools and like the support and be like, what do you need? Like, I'm, I'm here. I've been through the shit, yeah. you know, like <laughs> we can like yeah. do this together, but, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to pass it forward. That's what I'm hearing. You're wanting to pass it forward. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I just, I, sometimes I just see like such sadness beneath the layers, you know, and if people always, you know, they want to talk about the weather, they want to talk about this and the other thing and, you know, like bartending, you know, I see people who come in with such sadness, you know, and it's like, yeah. and I, and they, they know it, you know, but they don't, it's like, they just, I don't know. I don't know if they think that it, it can never change or it's become too much that they just can't face it. And, you know, that may come in another lifetime and another cycle. And, you know, this is just where they're at learning what they need to be learning now, whether that's avoidance or, you know, whatever lesson is for them, it's not for me to know, but, but yeah. Sounds like you, you, um, perceive a lot of information, um, through your heart center. And I, I, I can't remember now, but did I say it would have been in our first session that you would be very psychic, like as in your heart is incredibly psychic mm-hmm. or a psychic channel in your heart? Can I, say that? I think you, yeah, I think, I think you said something in the first one. I don't have to go back and re-listen. Yeah. I've had, um, I've had a couple people tell me that. And like, so then sometimes I'm like, I think cause like, like my mind gets in there and I'm like, I don't, sometimes I don't like see the things, you know, but yeah. yeah. Well, I don't. So, and I never did the seeing, mm-hmm. um, while it would happen, it was quite sporadic. Um, so when I shared my story and I say, I can see that was out of my control. 
I couldn't actually, I didn't know how to harness that and do that at will. Mm -hmm. And that, that's something that's come after. I um, feel everything, which is then you learn to discern different um, vibrational waves or frequency streams. So when you're tuning into a person and you can go and, you know, you know me, I use my little weirdo hand, I'm, um, I'm feeling into frequency that will then communicate the information and it's all unseen um, initially and over time it's developed where I can harness it more in a seeing way but I don't force it it will either appear visual or then I will hear something or then I will smell something but my dominant way of reading energy is um, completely say invisible if that makes yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. And you'll just be sensing that kind of mm -hmm. like how I hear you do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's getting, I think understanding like what those really mean. Cause I think I just ignored it for so long. Um, yeah. but I know like my, I I'm always been like really deeply feeling. And like, even when I first learned human design, I appreciate that information like that I learned for how, what it taught me about energy. Right. And yeah. kind of like you were talking before, like getting out of your head and knowing that like your intellect, your brain, your mind, that's here to like, give you information to like, take along with it. Right. But like the knowing actually comes from, you know, below the head. Yes. Um, but just like, you know, even just, uh, last week there was somebody that I was around that was like, Oh, haha, like fun in the moment. But then afterwards, like something didn't sit right with me. Yeah. And, and I've kind of been like thinking about that. Right. And so now it's like discerning that, okay, there's some, something there that's not for me and it doesn't have to be in anything beyond that. Right. Like it doesn't have to be any like mean thing or cold thing or whatever, but it just, it was something that I picked up on, you know, yeah. that, now I can trust rather than like forcing myself to look past it and like be in a situation or like have a friendship with somebody that actually isn't going to, who knows, yeah. you know? But. Yeah. Yeah. That's boundaries. That's you honoring yourself. That's like, it's so cool to hear it because yeah, your feedback is coming in psychically, mm -hmm. energetically, and you know yourself so well that you can actually choose. Yeah. No, I'm going to trust this and honor this more than keep betraying or abandoning myself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah. which is big lessons: betrayal, self-betrayal, and self-abandonment. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, like I had a lifetime of it, and I know, like when we talk about trauma, and you know, people who have come from like traumatic experiences are very able to. I think they're more intuitive, they're more empathetic because they can pick up on like subtle cues right. That, right. that most people don't necessarily see. Cause they've never been in a situation where they have to like pick up on who, if they act like this, or if they move in this way, like it's going to, you know, so I think That's it makes you more perceptive in that sense, but it's also, and, and I, you know, I think like you, you know, like we've been talking about those dark moments, those dark situations, I think our soul put them in there for a reason. Right. So it's like, if we were put in these situations, it was in order to bring us to the space that we are now that I can be like, okay, well, that's why I had all these experiences, right. To kind of like bring me here. And it took me a long time to get to that space of like, not, um, I don't know what the word is. Not that I wanted those things to happen to me, but also just like accepting that, you know, there's a lesson in everything and I can, and I can look back and like, kind of pick that from there, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah that you can choose. I think that there are, there are pathways that I know that I didn't have to choose, um, but I did. And they brought a level of challenge and heartache. Um, and yeah, in reflection, I can see, oh, I didn't have to choose that, but I did. And so I'm not going to make that wrong or beat up on myself because I also benefited from those experiences because I chose to. As an animal in them, I extracted the stuff out of it and I moved back. But um, yeah, and yeah, they're not off. They're not off course. Um, I think you know. Well, gosh, we're jumping around, but that goes into <laughs> my minds. You know what I think? It's like there are all so many potentials and pathways that we all have. So so many, mm -hmm. um, um, and none of them are, are wrong. None of them are really wrong. They're just more reflection of our own awareness, reflection of 
uh, our self-connection or that self-love, which, you know, I would agree in, when you mentioned trauma too and, and often people who have experienced disruptive upbringings are often very um, intuitive or psychic or perceptive or empathetic. It's it's a learnt, it's a, it's a safety behaviour, like hands down pretty much every kid I worked with through youth work and every even adult and family member um, that had um, experienced a level of um, like a disruptive childhood or even a disruptive life, man, you were just like you were using your energy continually as a means to be able to keep yourself safe and you are um, uh, maneuvering yourself in each so essentially too then abandoning and betraying yourself in order to keep yourself safe depending upon what is going on in that situation um, yeah it, it's you know you come out of it recognizing hopefully a, this is a powerful skill that I've developed but there's a lot of um deprogramming and a lot of healing that has to go along with um properly healing from it otherwise people will say if i put it even in regards to relationship um uh will use their psychic or intuitive abilities um to connect with another person 